This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. try to do on this radio program is cover every subject you can imagine. What other radio program can go from talking about space, talking about what's happening in the in the in the cosmos to talking about the all-star game? I don't know that there is one. We cover anything and everything on this program. And one of the things that I seek to do often to the frustration of the people that listen to this program is provide a forum for voices that don't get heard elsewhere, either because people don't know who these voices are or because they've been blackballed or shadow banned or censored or labeled a kook or a nut or a conspiracy theorist's. If chances are, if someone has been labeled a conspiracy theorist, they are welcome here. Now, it doesn't mean what they're saying is right. It doesn't mean what they're saying is accurate. In fact, it may not be. But I definitely think there's something wrong in America today when we're talking about free speech and the very first amendment listed in the Bill of Rights that we're so willing to stifle conversation about speech. And my view of a situation is if somebody is saying something that's incorrect or wrong or off base, even wildly so, the solution to that is more conversation and more speech. And that's why I have always been a huge, huge fan of Skyhorse Publishing. A couple of weeks ago, there was a column in the Wall Street Journal all about Skyhorse Publishing and its president, who you're going to hear from in a moment. And it it says the headline, I think, covered Skyhorse aptly. Skyhorse Publishing, the house of the canceled. It goes on to describe its president as an old fashioned liberal who welcomes authors from Woody Allen to Alex Jones and topics from 2020 election fraud to a defense of Venezuela. Skyhorse has always been my favorite publishing house as a reader. Its authors have been among my favorite guests, and I am thrilled that the president of Skyhorse, Tony Lyons, is kind enough to join me in studio. Tony, it's great to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Now, I was talking with John Kiriakou the other day, and uh, he, I think, summed up the same attitude that I've heard from a lot of your authors about Skyhorse. Well, you know, I, Skyhorse Publishing came to me, and I like these guys. Me Skyhorse. too. I love they, those guys. They have, 
They really are independent thinkers. Uh, and they, um, they said, hey, we have an idea for a series. I, I had written a book for them called um, The CIA Insider's Guide to the Iran Crisis uh, in the second half of the Trump administration. And so they liked that. And they said, how about a, a how-to guide? I said, like what? How, how to do what? And they said, well, we're envisioning three books. CIA Insider's Guide to Lying and Lie Detection, uh, Surveillance and Surveillance Detection, and disappearing and living off the grid. And just as we signed this contract, COVID hit. So mm. I had nothing else to do but to sit and <laughs> think the big thoughts. <laughs> so that's what I did. So I was really struck by this because uh, his attitude where he said, I like those guys, I thought was interesting and like like what they do. But the kind of creative process that you worked with collaboratively with him is something similar from what I've heard from other authors, ranging from Richard Stratton to Roger Stone and everybody in between. How do you choose which authors to publish and who to work with? Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I, I get something like 50 to 100 proposals each day via email, and that's just me personally. So there are a lot of people with ideas and, you know, many of the people who we work with are, you know, people like Alan Dershowitz who pitch book after book and we talk about them. We sort of uh, mull them over, try to think of what would sell, what's an important book to come out right now. So, you know, there are a whole bunch of different factors, but, um, but I want, really want to publish books that are, you know, on subjects that are not covered in other places by people who are often getting censored or, you know, stifled in some way or vilified. So, you know, but people also who have an important message. And, you know, so that's the general criteria. Is it an important message? Is there a readership for it? And, you know, can they really pull it off? Now, your your publishing house published uh, Dershowitz's book, The Case for Vaccine Mandates, and it also published The Case Against Vaccine Mandates, just to show the wide range of opinions. So all these authors that you publish, they're not necessarily folks that you agree with, right? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's more a question of getting the information out there. So it was really shocking when those two books came out, and then also The Case for Masks and The Case Against Masks came out. And, and we found that anything that was countercultural at the time was, was just getting canceled. So it was getting taken down off book platforms, not carried anywhere, not mentioned in, in uh, newspapers or magazines or on websites. Um, you know, it was really shocking that, you know, during a time of, of crisis, the government just clamped down and decided what the truth was and wasn't willing to allow any other point of view. What's even more disconcerting, though, is... I mean, it's terrible that there's government censorship, but to, at least if the private sector media outlets were allied in trying to fight against government censorship, at least you'd feel that you have a fighting chance at having a conversation. But unfortunately, with what YouTube has been doing, what Facebook has been doing, formerly what Twitter was doing, you get the sense that there's government censorship, then there's a whole new, another class of big tech censorship, and a lot of media personalities, I've seen this in talk radio, they tend to censor themselves for fear of advertiser boycotts, for fear of a flood of angry listeners. When I had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on, on Monday, there were people uh, tweeting at the owner of this radio network that I should be fired for putting on someone that's spreading vaccine misinformation. And I, I said to myself, when did we wake up in 1984 
and this this hostility towards free speech. So that's why I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. How did you feel about that Wall Street Journal column referring to Skyhorse as uh, as a publishing house that recruits canceled people? Yeah, so I spent uh, three hours with the guy who wrote that, and uh, and I was really shocked at at how good it was. You know that he really got the point of it that. You know, we need more dialogue and debate in this country. We don't need the government to tell us what to do, what to think, or, you know, God forbid, what to read. And, you know, that's what this country is all about. It's all about having a dialogue. And so, you know, I'm publishing a lot of books that counter specific narratives. And, you know, we don't want a big corporation to then have control over a government agency and then have that agency write a letter to private corporations telling them not to tell certain stories, not to cover certain things, not to, you know, publicize certain books. So, you know, when Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book came out, The Real Anthony Fauci, you know, it was censored everywhere in every conceivable way. And, you know, you really felt the power of the government. It was not even really big tech in my mind. It was the government telling big tech not to cover this because they had a specific narrative and they didn't really want the American public to make a choice. So that was a book. You know, the real Anthony Fauci has 2,194 citations. It's got a blurb from a Nobel Prize winner. You know, since when can a book like that be censored in the United States of America? But now, even worse than that, Bobby Kennedy's running for president and he's being censored as a candidate so that, you know, they can take a candidate and kick him off YouTube. Unbelievable. I mean, that's just shocking to me. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Kennedy in a second. As uh, Jerry Seinfeld would say, you know, they call it show business, not show fun. And you can provide a forum for authors. I could provide a forum for guests and callers to talk about outlandish things. But if we, you know, we don't make enough money to stay in business, then uh, the people that we have to pay our mortgage to, they don't necessarily care about the cause of free speech. Is the publishing business, at least the model that's done by Skyhorse and what you do, is it still profitable? Can you still make money publishing? books yeah definitely i mean if you have passion for it so you know one of the things that i've been doing for the last you know two or three years is i just go on shows all day and i talk about the books that we publish i don't think any other publisher does that you know really any other publisher i've I've never heard anybody else do that so you know if you really go out and push your books and try to counter the censorship or the you know even books that aren't censored, it's just hard to sell books now. So you have to work hard and, and you have to have an author who's willing to work hard. So that's a lot of, of what goes into the choice of which books to publish. So when, you know, Alan Dershowitz publishes a book with us, he's willing to go on shows all day. He's mm-hmm. willing to look at that cover and try to make it perfect and, and have it change 50 times and, and rethink the title. You know, so we want people with passion, people who really believe what they're publishing and have some kind of mission and want to get their story out to the public. Tony Lyons is here. In addition to being the uh, president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, he is the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, which is supportive of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for president. We're going to get into that in a moment. If you have questions for Tony, you can give us a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Speaking of Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr., I had him on the radio 
Radio on Monday, and we were talking a little bit about censorship by big tech, namely that uh, decision by that Louisiana federal judge to prohibit the federal government from telling social media companies what they can and can't do. This is what he had to say. I mentioned repeatedly in the decision I was the first person that the Biden administration began censoring on, on January 23rd, 2021. So three days after President Biden came into the office, the uh, his uh, White House reached out to Twitter and Facebook and ordered them to censor me. And, you know, three weeks later, after a lot of struggle with the media and, and threatened them, if they didn't censor me, that they were going to lose their Section 230, which is an existential threat to these companies. And um, and three weeks later, Instagram took down my account, 900,000 followers, etc. And then and to this day, they continue to censor me. Google is censoring me today. Wikipedia, which was part of the groups, the White House, uh, I'm the only one on Wikipedia that doesn't have an edit button. Is, I mean, is that frightening or what, that that happens in 21st century America? Yeah, so I think that that is incredibly frightening. You know, when you think about it, um, you know, the use of words like anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorist, even domestic terrorist, uh, misinformation, disinformation, these are all just ways to avoid having real dialogue. So, you know, like I said before, you know, Bobby Kennedy's book had 2,194 citations. But more than that, you know, when I talk about the passion of, you know, people who have written books for us, nobody had more passion than Bobby Kennedy. I mean, he worked on this book seven days a week, 16 hours a day for nine months, and he was meticulous in his research. So, you know, people say he's a danger to public health, you know, people who who, who don't like him, who want to vilify him. But, you know, what is he really a danger to? So if somebody disagreed with the, you know, the data in the book, they could come out and they could say what they disagree with. So using terms like misinformation or conspiracy theorist or anti-vaxxer is just sort of a way of trying to attack somebody. It's not an argument. So if you have an argument, you should make it. And clearly, you know, the people against Bobby Kennedy have the power of the U.S. government on their side. They have the power of government agencies. They have the power of all the big tech companies. So if they had a better argument, they would make it. They wouldn't call him names. They would have a debate with him. And he's been desperately trying to have that debate with the people who disagree with him. And they're afraid to do it because he's a danger not to public health. But to corporate profits. Alan Dershowitz told me he once had a debate with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think it was on the vaccine subject and it was taken off of YouTube. I mean, you think if there's anybody that can make the case as well as Robert Kennedy does to the contrary point of view, it would be Alan Dershowitz. That's exactly the kind of thing we should be seeing more of, not uh, not less of. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. 
I know you you alluded to the fact that you've published uh, several of Robert Kennedy's books. I know you guys go back a long ways. How did you get to know him initially? I got to know him first about uh, 13 years back when uh, uh, he was giving speeches on uh, vaccine safety. And I was fascinated by it because my daughter has a vaccine injury. And I was, you know, reading in place after place that there are no vaccine injuries, that vaccines are always safe. They're always effective, that, you know, nobody should fear them. And so, you know, having a child who had that kind of an injury, I was looking for somebody who would tell the truth. So I think that, you know, even when people describe Bobby Kennedy as an anti-vaxxer, you know, what you should really think about is that there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of children in this country who have vaccine injuries. And, you know, that's a fact. So the question of how to make vaccines more safe, you know, Bobby Kennedy's concern with vaccine safety is really something that people should be grateful for. So I was one of those people who was grateful that I thought he was, you know, defending me and that it was then my job to try to defend him because he was going up against some of the most powerful companies on the planet and the most powerful government on the planet to try to get justice. I know it's late. Can you stick around a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, Tony Lyons is here. We're going to take some of your calls. I have a lot of uh, a lot of questions for Tony about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as a presidential candidate. I, I don't know that uh, I don't know that Tony Lyons has been in the habit of uh, co-chairing super PACs for other presidential candidates previously. We'll ask him what's so special about Bobby Kennedy that he feels so strongly that they're uh, they're going to do that this time around. If you have questions, we've got hopefully answers. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 800-848-9222. Tony Lyons, the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing and the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, which is supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much of love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness is gracious, great balls of fire. I let you love all I thought it was funny. You came along and you knew my heart. I've changed my mind. This world is fine. Great balls of fire. Kisses, baby. This is The Other Side of Midnight, joined in studio by Tony Lyons. Uh, Tony Lyons is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, which has published several titles by Robert Kennedy. And these days, he's the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, which is supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for president. Tony, uh, thanks for sticking around. I know it's a, a tough hour. And we are going to take your calls, 800-848-9222. What made you, I understand that you're friendly with Bobby Kennedy, I understand you published his books, but what made you decide to get so involved that you would actually co-chair a super PAC supporting him? You've never done anything like that before, have you? Never done anything like that before. I think we're at a turning point in world history, and I think that we need Bobby Kennedy to be president to kind of rescue us from the growing fascism in this country and all around the world where, you know, these big corporations have absolute control over government agencies and are, and are sort of telling them what to do. 
And that's not what we signed up for in this country. So that, I think, is one of the big things that Bobby Kennedy would do right away as president. He would separate the government agencies from this corporate takeover. He would turn that around and let the American people really have a voice. The the next thing he would do is he would bring our soldiers home from multiple wars. That so we've been in these endless wars all around the world fighting for, you know, we don't really know what. And he would bring them back and have them help rebuild this country. So, you know, the New York Times pointed out a couple of months ago that 53% of the people in this country don't have $1,000 in the bank. That's just a shocking statistic for the richest, most powerful country on earth to have 53% not have $1,000. And then we're going and we're giving $200 billion to Ukraine to fight this proxy war. So, you know, we've been doing these kinds of things all around the world for decades now, and we just have to stop. And Bobby Kennedy will end that. How would you characterize the coverage of his candidacy by mainstream media outlets, uh, the New York Times, NBC News, other other so-called objective media outlets? So I think they're scared to death of Bobby Kennedy, because if the American public hears the things that he has to say, they're going to love him. They're going to want him to be their president. They're going to recognize that he's not anti-vaccine. He's not anti-anything. He's other than being anti-corruption. He wants to end the corruption, just like his father did. And that fear runs so deep right now that the Democratic Party is, you know, afraid to let him debate, um, you know, President Biden. They are afraid to let any newspaper do a real interview with him. So all he gets is hit piece after hit piece. But his numbers are growing anyway, just like his book sales did. So they censored that in every way, and it sold 1.1 million copies. And, you know, they've been censoring his interviews, his debates, taking them off YouTube, you know, really trying to just shut him down. But they can't do it. His voice is too loud. It's too honest. He's the only honest politician out there, and he's getting through to the people of this country. He's got a couple of new books coming out with you guys, right? Yeah, he's got a terrific book coming out later this summer called The Wuhan Cover-Up. And that, I think, is going to be a book that blows the lid off this whole sort of conspiracy, you know, real conspiracy. So, you know, there's all this negativity towards the word conspiracy theory, but there really are conspiracies in this world. And this is one of them, you know, that it is clear. And when you read this book, you know, it's going to be really hard for anybody to not recognize that the Wuhan story is a story of a lab leak. And, you know, so all of the details behind that are covered in this book. And it's a it's a gigantic book. It's, you know, 500 pages long, over 200,000 words, you know, thousands of citations. So this is a book that I think, you know, is going to have to be covered. And people are not going to be able to hide this story from the public. And it's just a fascinating read. Let me ask you a, a two-part question. One, uh, do you believe that Bobby Kennedy has a viable path to the Democratic nomination. You, you, let me ask you, let me begin with that one. Sure. So I think that the only thing standing in the way of Bobby Kennedy getting the nomination is all of these hit pieces, is the DNC trying to prevent him from you know having his voice heard. And I think that what's going to happen is that you're going to see 
from the speeches that he's giving. He's flying all around the country. He's going to the border. He's breaking news. I mean, he is on fire and he's connecting with the public. And I think that the thing preventing him is censorship. And, you know, if you get rid of the censorship, I think the American people won't stand for a situation where there's no real debate, no real primary, and where somebody who is really being honest, you know, doesn't have the platform to speak to the public. Here, part two of my question is this. Understanding that the incumbent president in, in both parties generally controls the the party apparatus, the nomination procedures in, in every state, and any challenger to an incumbent president, even if they're, they're a hard-boiled political veteran like a, a Ronald Reagan in 1976 or a Ted Kennedy in 1980 or a Pat Buchanan in 1992, has a very difficult time toppling a president of their own party. So many of the calls that I get on this program and so much of the social media correspondence that I've gotten about Robert Kennedy, some of his most enthusiastic supporters are independents and Republicans who aren't eligible to vote in a Democratic primary. And I'll be honest, I could conceivably vote for Robert Kennedy, and I'm not a uh, registered Democrat. I'm not able to vote. I think a lot of people would welcome his candidacy as an independent, obviously you can't speak for him, but as a supporter and as somebody that's really enthusiastic about his candidacy, how would you feel if he doesn't win the Democratic nomination, if he were to run as an independent candidate in the general election? I would start off by saying, you know, Bobby Kennedy is a lifelong Democrat and he believes in, you know, Democratic values. So, you know, he's a Kennedy Democrat. He's a Democrat who you know, would have been recognizable, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But the Democratic Party has veered to the left. It's changed in, in fundamental ways. I mean, since when is the Democratic Party for censorship? Since when is the Democratic Party pro-war? You know, so you look at this kind of thing, you know, pro-war, pro-corruption, pro, you know, clandestine government agencies, pro-CIA, pro-FBI, you know, the Democratic Party always stood for questioning authority, questioning power and, and openness and dialogue. So Bobby Kennedy is a quintessential Democrat. But, you know, so I think we're going to have to see where the numbers go. But I think that if Bobby Kennedy ran against Donald Trump today, he would win. I think he did a good job explaining that he's the only one that can make the case against Trump, uh, against the lockdowns and a lot of the policies that were implemented while uh, Fauci was part of the Trump administration. So I think uh, I think there's reason there's good reason to think that 800-848-9222. What do you say to those, Tony, who say that um, Bobby Kennedy's conclusions? And I'm particularly curious about your answer to this, since you mentioned the thing that first attracted you to him was your shared concern about vaccine injuries. What do you say to people that say Kennedy's conclusions are not backed by science and that every reputable uh, scientific survey and scientist has dismissed the the links that Robert Kennedy has done, has made with things like uh, uh, autism and certain vaccinations and some of the other issues that he's raised with respect to the covid vaccine and things like myocarditis and other vaccine related injuries. I hear that from people constantly. What do you say to that sector of the listenership? Yeah, so I would say that, you know, this is a tough pill to swallow, but you have been subjected 
to the most powerful propaganda campaign in the history of mankind. So I'm not angry at you. I don't think Bobby Kennedy is angry at you. But, you know, you have been you are a victim of a propaganda campaign. And what you need is to listen to real debate. So when you read his next book coming out later this summer, which is Vaxxed, Unvaxxed, Let the Science Speak, you know, that's a real book on real science with peer-reviewed studies, with blurbs from, from famous doctors and scientists. So the point is that when there is such censorship of science, you can't know what the real science is. So, you know, Louis the Fourteenth said, I am the king. You know, I am the state. And Dr. Fauci said, I represent science. And so he sort of posited science as something that was static. But any scientist will tell you, any intelligent doctor will tell you that science is not static, that science welcomes debate, that science wants you to look at new study time after time after time. So if Bobby Kennedy is wrong, tell us where he's wrong. What do you say? Talk to the left wing listeners that uh, are eligible to vote in a Democratic primary and they see Robert F. Kennedy Jr. going on Fox News, an institution they're deeply distrustful of, going on uh, talk radio and conservative talk radio programs, institutions they're deeply distrustful of, including uh, programs hosted by people like Steve Bannon. They see folks like uh, Roger Stone, who they uh, may dislike even more than Donald Trump, tweeting about how much they like Robert Kennedy and how he should be Trump's running mate. And a lot of people on the left have drawn the conclusion that Robert Kennedy is essentially being pushed into this by a a gaggle of right wing interests that uh, they feel will hurt Biden in the primary and make him a more vulnerable opponent for Trump in the general election. Respond to that criticism. So the people who are attacking Bobby Kennedy are using any method they can use to try to discredit him, except what they need to do. So if they think he's wrong, they should point out where he's wrong. That means don't call him a conspiracy theorist. Don't call him an anti-vaxxer. Tell us where his science is wrong. So this is just another part of that narrative that he's talking to Steve Bannon. He isn't talking to Steve Bannon. And if Steve Bannon likes him, that's great. If Donald Trump likes him, that's great. A lot of people on the right like him because he's for freedom of, of, of speech. The Democratic Party, like I said before, has always been for freedom of speech and should be for freedom of speech now. So I think that, that the truth is that he's been censored so much on the left that he has nowhere else to turn. And he will talk to anybody who will listen. And he is talking to millions of people on the left and millions of people in the center and millions of people on the right. I mean, his, his, uh, you know, polling now is 20% of Democrats. It's something like 30% of people who are not aligned and almost 40% of the Republican party. So what that ought to tell Democrats is that he can win. And, you know, I don't think Biden can win right now. So, you know, that's an important question for Democrats to think about. Do they want a candidate who has a real voice, who's going to be honest with them, who has no conflicts of interest and who is going to fight for them, fight for the middle class, fight for the soldiers who are fighting in these endless wars, you know, fight to rebuild this country. And, you know, if they think that they will see that Bobby Kennedy is an incredibly accomplished, powerful, 
you know, fighter for justice and that they should be excited to have a, a, a real candidate who is going to travel the country, who is going to fight for their rights, you know, fight for all people on the right, on the left and on the center. So yes, he's been on lots of those shows, but he's on those shows because the other shows won't right. let him on. Um, throw your headphones on. We'll try and take a couple of calls. If you want to call in with a question for Tony Lyons, 800-848-9222. Seven open lines. You can get right on 800-848-9222. Let me begin with John in Brooklyn. Uh, flip the left one over there a little bit. Yeah, there you go. John is in Brooklyn. John, uh, what's your question or your comment for Tony Lyons? I'm a Republican. I am uh, trained as an evolutionary biologist has worked in epidemiological research. Your buddy Bobby is a threat to our country. He's a dangerous science denialist. Three years ago in Samoa, he helped persuade the Samoans not to get vaccinated with measles. 500 people got very sick. 83 of them died. Many of them were kids. He's has He and his buddy Andrew Wakefield, the disgrace. British ex-doc have the blood of thousands to tens of thousands around the world who listen to his to their vaccine safety lies. As far as I'm concerned, he should be facing trial right now, convicted and executed for his crimes against humanity. All right. Well, let me get Tony to respond. But go ahead, finish your. uh, Yeah. So I think that you know, like you said before, the First Amendment is so important. And, you know, there are a lot of people who disagree on all of these things. And, you know, Bobby Kennedy often says, and it's true, that any major lawsuit where, say, the Monsanto lawsuits, for example, which, you know, Bobby Kennedy was able to get a $70 million judgment for a man who got cancer from glyphosate in Roundup. And in those trials, I can tell you that they had experts from Harvard, Yale, and Princeton on both sides swearing that Monsanto was, you know, doing everything right, that their product was not dangerous to anybody. And then you had the other side, Bobby Kennedy's side, where you had the same kinds of doctors, the same kinds of scientists from Harvard, Yale, and Princeton saying that Monsanto's product was killing people. So these are complicated issues. And the only way you have real science in this country is not by yelling at people, not by maligning people, not by censoring them. Right. It's by having full dialogue and debate so that we can get real answers. And science is about debate. Science is about getting into the furious debate where you let everybody have a platform and the smartest people and the most well-done studies rise to the top. Not people who yell louder, not people who censor people, not right. propaganda folks campaigns. Call for other folks' names. And that's one of the things I found so refreshing about Kennedy is, you know, for all the talk that he's a right-wing, uh, right-wing plot or a right-wing troll or something along those lines, 
I think whether it was McCain in 2000, who was getting a lot of supports from Democrats and independents, or uh, Ron Paul in 2008, uh, running in the Republican Party, be getting a lot of support from uh, from Republicans or from Democrats. I think that it's really encouraging that you see people inspired to want and get involved with someone on the other side of the political spectrum. Not something that should be should be viewed uh, suspiciously as some sort of a plot. Um, a lot of folks might be wondering kind of how super PACs work in the post-Citizens United era. What are you going to actually be doing? What is uh, American Values 2024 going to be doing as this election unfolds? Yeah, so we're going to be doing a very wide range of things. Uh, we're setting up a website that's going to be really comprehensive. It's going to collect names. It's going to have all the stories, uh, you know, all of the things that are being censored in so many other places. And, you know, we are, we are going to, uh, you know, send out emails to millions and millions of people, send out texts to millions and millions of people. We're going to run big events all around the country. We're going to put up billboards all around the countries. We're going to place ads on any platform that will let us. So, and then we're going to really try to amplify Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s, you know, messages because, you know, there is so much censorship and I personally believe that it should be unconstitutional. And I believe that it actually is unconstitutional to censor a presidential candidate, whether it's Donald Trump or Bobby Kennedy or anybody else. And that we need people to have access to information in this country. So this super PAC, you know, is going to make sure that the American public hears Bobby Kennedy's voice. And then, you know, once they hear it, they can decide for themselves. They don't need the government to tell them that it's misinformation. They don't need anybody to decide for them what's true and what isn't true. I read that uh, you guys are doing pretty well in the fundraising department, that over $10 million of contributions have already come in. Yeah, and in the last week, we have gotten one more seven-figure donation. Wow. So I think we're we're going to raise $100 million to get this message out. And, you know, I think that's going to play an important role in Bobby Kennedy becoming president. Because like I've said, people hear his message, they will vote for him. One thing that I was a little surprised by, and maybe you can enlighten me on this, is Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, has endorsed Robert Kennedy. He says he's all in for Robert Kennedy. I view Jack Dorsey and his leadership of Twitter as being one of the big problems with Internet censorship and social media censorship. They wouldn't even allow articles about the Hunter Biden laptop to be uh, posted on Twitter during the campaign from reputable news organizations. How does Jack Dorsey go over uh, from presiding over and inventing that company to all of a sudden supporting the candidate that's the antithesis of big tech censorship. Yeah. So, you know, personally, I don't really blame the big tech companies because I think that there was such incredible pressure from the government that the government was basically threatening big tech companies, that they said they were going to do it. They actually did it. There's all kinds of proof that they did it, that they embedded, you know, FBI agents in big tech companies to monitor them, you know, so these kinds of censorship, you know, happened despite what the big tech companies, in my view, would have wanted because they recognize that they represent the entire country, you know, that half of the people who are on their platforms are on the left and half are on the right. So they have no incentive 
to censor people, but the government forced them and pushed them and threatened them, wrote letters. I mean, we, we, we have lots of the data showing the pressure that was put on these companies. Norman is in Brooklyn. Hello, Norman. Hey, Frank. Hi, Mr. Lyons. Um, I've seen Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speak at, uh, it was at an anti-mandate rally in Times Square a couple of years ago, it was, and I saw a unity of uh, mainline conservatives like me with people in the middle, and uh, he had us all in tears. The only thing that I am concerned with is his voice, and I pray to God every day to heal his voice, to make his voice as strong as perhaps as you and Frank's. And um, that's the only thing I think would hold him back. Yeah. What about that, Tony? Some people have raised, even people that like his message, like it sounds like Norman does. Some people have raised concerns about his voice. Uh, look, in the era where a majority of Americans have a television, we've never even elected a bald man. Uh, a lot of people have said that Franklin Roosevelt wouldn't have been able to get elected in a television era because he was in a wheelchair. And who knows what would have happened if we would have missed out on his leadership during World War Two. People, rightly or wrongly, do cast votes for superficial reasons. And if someone doesn't look or sound like a president, they may not be, uh, I don't know, they may not be willing to take a chance on them. How do you see his voice playing into this role? Is that a handicap at all? So I don't think that it is. I mean, I think that, you know, he's had trouble with his voice, but I think that his voice is getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, it has such passion. And he's pushing through this problem, just like he's pushed through all kinds of other problems in his life. But when you talk about physical health, I think that Americans look at Bobby Kennedy and when they see him, I mean, he is in exquisite physical health. He is a model for health. So, you know, we have not had a president or a senator or anybody in real power in this country who's been in as good physical shape as Bobby Kennedy is. And, you know, I think that that's a big reason why he's going to be an incredible campaigner and that he's going to connect with the people in these in this country, that he's had problems in his life, all kinds of problems, and he has fought through all of them. And his voice is sort of a metaphor for that. It's another thing that he's fighting through and it's getting stronger and stronger and it's getting through to people. The um, if people are interested in learning more about uh, what you're doing at American Values 2024 or if they want to help out in your efforts, what's the best thing for them to do? I know you said you're developing a website, but where can they go to be kept informed or to pitch in? Yeah, so we have a website called AmericanValues2024.org. And I would really recommend that that people go there. It's a pretty good website now. Give me two or three weeks and I, it's it's going to be the best website out there. It's it's going to have all of the information that you're going to need, and it's going to follow everything Bobby Kennedy's doing, show you all of the events, show you all the shows that he's been on, all the censorship of the shows that he's been on. So, you know, that's the best way. And and that has a, a um, icon on it where you can donate money, and, and, and there's a way to contact me through there too. So, you know, that's the best place. And I would say, you know, follow him, listen to him and listen to what he's really saying, not what people say about him, mm. you know, but listen to what he really says. Listen to the three hour Joe Rogan, you know, uh, piece with him. You know, that's just an incredible three hours that will tell you so much more than you could possibly learn from the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, 
all of these places that are just running these incredibly sloppy hit pieces. What did you make of that uh, David Remnick interview on WNYC? Did you see that? That was pretty adversarial. Yeah, what I thought about that was that, you know, it was a good sign. So, you know, the, you know, Democratic Party for a while now has been claiming that free speech is a bad thing and that if you interview somebody, you know, you're giving an endorsement of them, even if you disagree with them, even if you beat them in an argument, uh, you know, that giving somebody a platform is a form of an endorsement. So I think that what they're realizing is that Bobby Kennedy is too good a candidate to play those kinds of games with, that they have to engage with him. So I think that's the first step toward the DNC allowing Bobby Kennedy to debate, you know, President Biden. And when that happens, I think the American people are going to recognize that Bobby Kennedy versus Donald Trump is a match that the Democratic Party can win. And the current Joe Biden versus Donald Trump is a battle that the Democratic Party can't win. I'll end with this, uh, Tony. Uh, you were kind enough to invite me to a uh, book party for Oliver Stone at your house six years ago and uh, had a great time, got to have a, a nice chat with one of my heroes, Professor Stephen Cohen, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And I, especially when there's times like this, I really wish he were. But um, is the reason that I have not been invited back to any subsequent parties because I took far too many of those banana puddings from Magnolia Bakery that you put out? That's exactly the reason. You know, um, you know, we 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 had videotape and we counted how many you ate. And I said to myself, I cannot invite this guy to another party. There's no way that I can do it. I just can't afford it. Uh, understandable. Uh, understandable. Tony, I love what you're doing with respect to Skyhorse. It is the only publishing house, I think, in America that uh, publishes books on uh, vaccine safety to the impeachment of Donald Trump to fly fishing and and gardening. So it is a diverse a publication, a diverse publishing house in the most important sense. There's every point of view represented. People could check out some of the titles at skyhorsepublishing.com. It's always great to have you in studio. Let's do this again. Love to. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.